Amen. Amen. Good morning. If you could, please give your neighbor a heavenly handshake or a holy hug. Be friendly now. I know y'all brush y'all teeth this morning. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Well, good morning, church family. Um, my name is Stephen Buckley. I am one of the executive leaders with the Vine, um, our new student ministry that we have here for our college kids. Um, and I'm so excited and grateful for the opportunity to be sharing with you guys. I'm thankful for Spencer and Jordan um, being able to just um, be trusting of me with the congregation on today as they're out, out, in, uh, out by the coast um, preaching a revival for a church. I said, all right, revival, come on now, wake up, let's go. Jesus is on the way back. Um, so anyways, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity, thankful for um, just what the Lord is doing here at United City. And if I haven't met you, can't wait to meet you. I can genuinely say that. I get excited about making new friends. So anyways, um, so right now we're going through a series called In, In My Feelings, um, where we get to take a deep dive into um, a book in particular called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality um, by Peter Scazzaro. Um, and what it really does is it makes you take a look at all the things in your mind, in your heart that you don't want to talk about. <laughs> so to be completely honest, this has been a really tough series for me and I know a lot of other people who I've talked with um, because it allows us to go deep into the depths of our heart and look at the things that have happened in the past. I mean, we talked about grief. We talked about generational patterns and curses. We talked about the journey through the wall and how you have to go through the wall sometimes instead of trying to walk around it and find all these different deviations to do what you want to do. But um, in actuality, you got to do what God wants you to do. And so um, today in particular, um, we're going to take a little journey somewhere else. Um, we're going to talk about the Sabbath. Um, what is the Sabbath day? Uh, and before, well, actually, yeah. What is the Sabbath day? Um, and I want to go ahead and read the text I'll be reading to jumping off from. Um, and that's Genesis 2. I'll be reading 2 to 3. Um, context of this is this is the beginning where God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and obviously God has done so much work. He's lit the sun, fixed it in the sky, flung the stars to the farthest corners of the night. He's created the earth. He's created the seas. You know, um, he's created animals and creatures. And here we are on the seventh day. Um, and the scripture reads, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of cre and creating he had done. Um, let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for uh, putting the clothes on our backs and the food on our tables. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit uh, come down like a dove, Lord. I pray that you open up the hearts of the congregation, Lord, to receive this word. I pray that you um, open, open my mind and my heart so that I won't speak, but that you only speak, Lord. Um, I, pray that, <laughs> I pray that I be in the passenger seat and you just drive the car, Lord. Um, and I pray that you convict our hearts so that we may move forward, um, going closer to you and finding out what true rest is, Lord. Um, so we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We lift these prayers up in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. So 
As the scripture reads, on the seventh day, God rested. Six days, he went to work. Right now, we, in America, we kind of do five, which is fine, too. Two days of rest are great. Um, but like I said, on the seventh day, God rested. And the question I'll be asking, and to be honest, this is a very convicting message to be dealing with um, because I have a problem with resting, too. And the question I would ask is, if God needed a day of rest, what makes us think that we don't? Like, if the creator of the whole universe, the creator of the whole universe rested on the seventh day, at least one day a week, what makes you think that you can run, out, run around for seven days straight and maintain sanity? Keep in mind, I'm talking to myself now. <laughs> Probably talking to you too. But <laughs> So, man, and you just think about all the things you want to do on Saturday and Sunday, you know, Typically, when you're looking back, when we're taking a look back in time, um, it says on the seventh day. The seventh day is Saturday, so Jewish people typically um, have their Sabbath as Friday. They go from Friday night to um, Friday or to Saturday night, so sundown to sundown the next day. Um, to be honest, I don't know how this happened, but in our culture, the Christian culture, we just decided to make it on Sunday. I think uh, I looked up something that said um, in 2 A.D., they changed it uh, to Sunday because of um, the fact that Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday morning. So um, they thought that was fit. But the point is, we need to rest at least one day a week. <laughs> um, so if God rests, I mean, God rested. The reason God rested was because he wanted to set an example. He wanted to set an example for us so that we would know what we need to be doing here on this earth. Um, and then I'll... Yeah, so that we would know what we need to be doing here on this earth. Um, obviously, it says that God created man in his own image. So if we're created in his image and his likeness, we need to be acting as if God acted. Um, the, next, the next scripture I want to look at was Exodus 20, um, verses 8 through 11. And this is uh, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments in particular. So... <laughs> So God says, remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the day, is the Sabbath day for the Lord your God. On it you shall do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing here in towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But the seventh day, on the seventh day, he rested. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Holy. What does holy mean? Um, a day completely devoted to God. A day that is set apart from the rest of the days. This day is like none other. Um, so for some of us, some of us, the Sabbath may be on Sunday. Um, some of us, the Sabbath may be on Saturday. Some of us, the Sabbath day may be on Monday. We may be a real estate agent, and you, and you know, you work weekends because that's the only time you can show up at houses because the rest of us work throughout the week. Um, you may be a doctor. You may be a nurse. So I need y'all to help me if I have a heart attack. I need somebody at the hospital working in there. So you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you for what you do. <laughs> um, but the point of it is, we pastors also too. Pastors work on Sundays as well, clearly, because um, that's their full time role. Um, but the point of it is, we need to find a day 
of rest. We need to find a time period where we unplug from the world and plug into God. Um, and in the culture that we live in, whoo, man, we got a lot of distractions, y'all. It's really, really hard to slow down and stop. <laughs> it's a time of fellowship. It's a time to, to, you know, engage with God. It's time to read scripture, time to worship him. But, ah, but, you know, you might have this party to go to. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's this gender reveal party, y'all. I got to, mm. My girl, I know she gonna have a girl. I know she gonna have a girl. So I got, I gotta come with my pink outfit. I gotta be ready. And it's just like, come on, can you just, can you give God one day, just one? He's begging, just for one. So I always, um, I always want a little bit of application, um, just to make sure we leave knowing what we should do moving forward. Um, and so I wanna, I wanna kind of just dive in and kind of help you guys understand how to Sabbath and then also what happens when you don't Sabbath, what those types of things lead to. So first we're going to go into how to Sabbath. Um, And there's four principles. The first way to Sabbath is stop. Stop. My dad used to always, every time, (laughs) when I was a kid, every time I would ask my dad about something more than once, like, Dad, can uh, can I go to this party? Stop. Just stop. No, stop. I'll be like, no, nah, but uh, my friend, stop, stop, Steve, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, what is God thinking? God is probably telling me to stop, too, when I run all around town on the Sabbath day, and I don't just sit there and take time to spend with him and actually indulge in his presence. And so when we, when we stop, it's saying you want to drop everything that you're doing and trust God that the world is going to function just fine without you. It's going to be okay if you don't shoot that text back within the next hour. It's going to be okay if you don't show up to that gender reveal party. It's going to be okay if you don't go get that workout in a day. It's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Keep in mind, I'm preaching to myself, right? <laughs> um, and so when I, was think, when I was thinking about that, I felt like it really resonated with Proverbs 3 through 5, or, or 3, 5. All your works, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So trust God. Trust God that if you just step away from all the things going on in the world, step away from work. You're thinking about picking up those extra hours on Saturday. You might make a little extra money so that you'll be able to buy an extra Christmas gift, whatever the case may be. Why don't, why don't we take a step back? Why don't we take a step back and trust that if I invest my time in God, God is going to invest his blessings in me. If I, if I take the time out to invest in my relationship with the Lord and not try to drive the car, and I just sit in the passenger seat for one day, just one day, maybe God can do something with me. Um, so stop grading papers. Stop answering emails. Stop building your business. Stop scrolling on Instagram. Stop getting on Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let it go. Let it go. One day, okay? All right. Number two. Center yourself. This one, mm, yeah, this is a hard one too, honestly. Um, 
center yourself meaning completely focus on Jesus. So the concept of that is, is hard in itself. Um, and just thinking about the example that Jesus set when he was here on earth. Now, Jesus is walking around. He's doing all these miracles. He's, you know, he's, right, or he's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. Um, and right after that, right after he heals a, a man with leprosy, they said, yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him. Like, everybody's coming around. They're like, oh, man, they healed my friend. He healed my homeboy. He just got shot last week, and Lord, Lord pulled the bullet out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and all the people came to hear about him, and he healed their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is something we hardly ever do. Retreat, 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 retreat. If if you if you're standing in a crowd for 24 hours a day, what time are you devoting to you and God? If you're, I mean, if you work from, you wake up at seven, you get ready for an hour, you work from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., you get off work, you go to the gym, you go to the gym for about an hour, hour and a half. I don't like going for an hour and a half. That's why I don't work out with Taylor anymore. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> You never out for an hour and a half. You come home, you eat dinner. Then after that, you get the kids in bed, whatever, whatever you're doing. And then next thing you know, it's 9 30, 10 o'clock. It's time to go to sleep. When is the time for Jesus? When is it? That's what he wants to know. When are you gonna make time for me? So I think it's really about on that Sabbath day. Obviously, we want to rest in him every day. That mm, and that's a different message. I'm not going to preach that to y'all today. <laughs> but, but on the Sabbath day in particular, we want to give that to God. We want to really allow his presence to overcome us. And we want to sit there. We want to read scripture. We want to play worship music. We want to fellowship with friends and family. We don't want to strain ourselves on the Sabbath. We want to be rejuvenated. You want to feel like you actually just got filled up, not like you've been drained all day. And you know, man, that enemy, that enemy is crafty. Um, because the way it always starts is, yeah, I was going to do my devotion this morning, but, you know, I was running a little late, so, you know, I couldn't get to it. Or, yeah, I was going to go to Bible study, but, you know, th this week in particular, um, we had this big project at work, so I had to step out and, you know, I just... I couldn't make it, bro. I couldn't make it. Okay, cool. Sunday, I wake up. Oh, man. Oh, I got this headache. Lord, have mercy. Oh, God, I know you forgive me. The oh, Holy Spirit come upon me like a dove. Mm, if you can, heal that in the name of Jesus. I know he going to heal it, but he going to heal it after 12 when church over with. Mm, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the thing is, especially with Christians, the devil not going to ask for all of you. He's just going to ask for a little bit. He's just going to ask for a piece of you. And that's how it starts. He starts with a little bit. And you give, him, you give him your morning. You give the enemy your evening. You give the enemy your Sunday. And next thing you know, you ain't going to church at all. You ain't talking to the Lord at all. You ain't seen the Bible in years. And you're sitting there lost thinking, 
Why is my life in shambles? Why? Number three, silence. Woo! Silence. Silence is golden. I love that in the movie theater when they say silence is golden. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So um, first, (laughs) turn off all the voices in the world and tune in your ears to listen to your Lord and Savior. So turn off, tune out everybody around you. Tune out the, tune out all the movies, the the shows, the people trying to put their opinion in on your life. But <laughs> there's not much fruit on that tree. But you still want to listen to that tree. Um, tune out all those things and listen to the Lord. I like the scripture, man. I love. Okay, I said like I love the scripture that uh, Spencer and Jordan brought up both weeks when they spoke, which was First um, Kings nineteen eleven through twelve. When uh, the Lord was speaking with Elijah, um, Elijah wanted to hear a word from him. And at this point, the Lord has spoken in many ways, burning bush, um, you know, earthquakes. There's tons of different ways that the Lord can speak. Elijah called down fire from heaven. But this time in particular, he says, the Lord didn't speak in the wind. Oh, excuse me. Let me actually start where I'm supposed to start. Um, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Okay? God said, I'm about to come, so stand out there at the intersection of Elm Street and Eugene and get ready for me. All right. Then a great powerful wind tore, to, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Okay? It was a crash at the intersection the Lord wasn't there. After the wind and earthquake, the Lord wasn't there either. After the earthquake came a fire, fire coming down from heaven, that got to be God. It wasn't God either. But the Lord was not in the fire. After that came a gentle whisper. That was the Lord. A gentle whisper. Mm. Man. A lot of times our worlds are just so loud that we can't even hear God talking to us. He may not even be whispering. He may be talking just like this. But since our worlds are screaming, our worlds are screaming at us 24-7, we can't hear them. Too busy scrolling. Too busy listening to the radio. Too busy vibing with the homies. Man, too many shows to binge watch on Netflix, too many platforms to scroll on, crying. We just cry, cry about, God, I can't hear you. I can't hear you, Lord. I just need you to save me. Girl, you want to go to this wedding? Mm, I'm there. Hold up. Like, come on. Come on, y'all. What are we doing? You want a, lo- you want a word from the Lord, but you don't want time to the Lord. How do you expect him to hear you? And how do you expect you to hear him? Conversation is between two people. Those two people are you and God, me and God. I can't have a conversation with me and God if all y'all jibber jabbering in my ear. All right, number four. (laughs) I'm not mad, (laughs) y'all. Ooh, Spencer, he was angry last Sunday. Lord, help him. <laughs> All right. 
Scripture. All right. So the fourth way is just on the Sabbath day, using Scripture to rest. So understanding that the Sabbath does allow rejuvenation, and it also allows repentance. So when you're able to take that time out um, from what you've been doing all week and really look at what it is God's trying to speak to your life and into your heart, you can say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Thank you for what you've done this week. And then you also take time to reflect. This is where I find a lot of times I'm able, when I'm actually resting, I'm actually just sitting there thinking and resting in God's presence. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that I had a veil over my eyes of this week? What was it that I was blinded of and I couldn't see where I was wrong? Um, So we're looking at Psalm 19 and 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The word is trustworthy. You can trust it if you read the word. You can feel rejuvenated. You'll be able to hide his promises in your heart. Um, Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the attitudes and thoughts of the heart. It takes you to that place of repentance. It allows you to go to the place that you don't want to go. Because in us, we being real, we don't want to repent. Naturally, it's not, it's not in us to want to repent, to want to do better. We have a sinful nature. But the only, the only way that repentance becomes natural is if you rest in his presence and if you actually shower yourself with the word of God. So, okay, we know how to Sabbath now. Cool. Um, let's see what it leads to. What does not having a Sabbath lead to? What does not resting in the Lord's presence lead to? Um, the first thing is... Remembering the enemy's lies and forgetting God's promises. Man, the enemy can tell you a lot of things if you let him. He'll tell you you're ugly. He'll tell you you're stupid. He'll tell you you're an addict. You're weak. The Lord says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord says who the Son says free is free indeed. The Lord says... The Lord says his power is made perfect in my weakness. But the only way you know that is if you rest and if you dive into the word. If you let that scripture manifest on your heart, on your soul, on your spirit. Another thing it leads to is less prayers, less prayers and more praying. So what I mean by that for the people on the podcast P-R-A-Y-E-R-S, prayers, less prayers, and more praying, (laughs) P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. It's a word I made up (laughs) for this in particular. Um, So the less we pray, the easier it is for the enemy to come in and attack. The enemy, they in 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion waiting on someone to devour He's waiting to come get you. And he was, and you think, you think that you can just let up, you can let off the gas and be like, man, I prayed real hard this week. I prayed real hard last Saturday. I'm just, I'm just, God, just give me, give me this time, this day to just, you know, we don't got to talk. Just, just let me do my thing today. The devil is waiting on that. 
Because he's waiting to pounce on you. He's waiting to pounce. Other thing it leads to is fatigue. Man. Fatigue is a bad booger. Let me tell you. You do a lot of dumb stuff when you're tired. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to always throw random stuff in the basket when my mom would look away, like when we'd be grocery shopping. <laughs> I would, me and my sister would wait till she looked away for a second. We'd go grab them fruit roll-ups. We'd go grab those fruit snacks. And we'd throw it in the basket real quick. And then by the time we get up to the register, my mom would be like, what? <laughs> She'd be tired. <sighs> She'd just be tired. <laughs> She'd be tired. She was tired of yelling. She had told me like three times on the way, stop putting stuff in the basket. She got so tired. She said, I don't even care. Just, just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. You can have it. Fine. Fine. But it was all stuff she didn't really want us to have. Sorry, mama. <laughs> Love you. But <laughs> you mean, even when you look biblically, Jacob and Esau, we're not going to dive deep into this scripture, but um, when you look at the story of Jacob and Esau, um, Jacob and Esau were brothers. You're looking at Genesis 25, um, 19 through 34. Um, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob was the older brother, and he was supposed, or Esau was the older brother, and he was supposed to have the inheritance. Um, <laughs> and this inheritance was dwindled away over some food, for one, some stew, and the fact that somebody was just tired. Literally, he was just tired. Um, scripture reads, I'm going to start from 27, actually. Yeah, I'm going to start from 27, actually, and just read through 34 for your reference. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content staying at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for the wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Isaac, his father, Rebekah, his mother. Once, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. I'm hungry. Give me some of that stew, bro. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first tell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, bro. I'm, bro, I'm hungry, bro. I'm about to die. Just please. Give me some stew. Esau said, what good is a birthright to me? What good is a birthright to me if I'm about to die, bro? Like, just feed me. Just feed me, dude. (laughs) But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. Man. All because somebody was tired and hungry. I worked all day. I worked all day, man. Man, I worked all day. I'm tired. I don't feel like dealing with this. I don't feel like talking to God. (laughs) For a birthright. Some stew for a birthright. Give me some stew. I'll give you my birthright. I'll give you my inheritance. We throw away a lot of things. We throw away jobs. We throw away relationships. We throw away marriages. We throw away jobs just because we're so mentally beaten down that we get to a point where we want to flip a table, and that's not even in our nature. You see a part of yourself that you didn't even know was there, and stress evokes that. 
mental and physical fatigue cause you to make decisions you normally wouldn't make if you were rested and you had a sober mind. But you have to know yourself and know that you need rest, literally need it. The God of the universe rested. Why shouldn't you? I mean, and a lot of times we feel so tired. We feel so upset because we're carrying around all these burdens. We're carrying around all the troubles and worries in our life, and we don't have a bag to put them in. We're just carrying them on our back, and they just fall into the wayside. When Jesus is like, if you just come rest over here at the cross, I can deal with all that. I could clean all that up and throw it away. You won't never see it again. It won't even look like it was here. But you won't take the time out to rest. Come on, preaching to myself. Mm. Um, uh, I wasn't going to mention this, but um, like the Lord is, uh, Lord put this on my heart (laughs) to share this scripture. Um, (laughs) Numbers 15, 32 through 36. Man, I just ran across this, honestly, y'all. Um. And this was convicting in itself. <laughs> so we're talking after, after Moses came, after he's established the Ten Commandments and everything. <laughs> and you see a, a setting where typically they're offering up, they're offering up sacrifices. They're offering up sacrifices to, for atonement of their sins. Um, <laughs> and what Moses does when somebody, they find somebody who dishonored the Sabbath. So let me read the text to you. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. God, what? He didn't rest, so he got to die? This is what we're doing? That's what I said when I read it. Really? This is what we're doing? Wow. Wow. But when you think about it, it makes sense. God gave 10 commandments. 10. And when you're looking at the 10 commandments, the Sabbath day is the one he elaborated on the most, actually. The Sabbath, I mean... The Sabbath day is the one that he actually said, you don't work, your cattle doesn't work, your kids don't work, nobody works. Keep this day holy. That's all I want is for you to keep this day holy. And he gave 10 commandments. What makes you think nine of them are important and one isn't? Stealing, killing, adultery falls in the same category as Sabbath Thank God for Jesus. And you may say, I don't have time for the Sabbath. Actually, before I start talking, Christian, can you please come up here and begin to play so I can get off here and not keep y'all here till one o'clock? <laughs> um, you may say, I don't have time for the Sabbath. My schedule's too busy. I'm stressed. I gotta make this money. It's interesting. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, schedule's too busy. You're stressed. 
I wonder how Jesus would feel. I wonder how you feel if Jesus said, I'm too busy to listen to your prayers. I got some other people on the back burner they gotta, that I got to get to before I get to you. I got to go save the rest of the world and talk to God about other things. In the meantime, you can deal with your anger. You can deal with your depression. You can deal with your anxiety. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go handle somebody else. No, that's not our God. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Lord wants you to rest in him on your heart that you've been he wants to hear your prayers he wants to hear what it is that's on your heart that you've been struggling with all week that you've been masking it by working by drinking by smoking by playing video games whatever you've been doing by working out do a lot of different things to mask the pain but God says take a moment to stop and just let me in just let me in in closing I want to kind of create a little illustration for you guys. Um, Y'all watch basketball? Yes? No? Okay, good. Great. (laughs) Um, So picture our great friend, Steph Curry. Golden State Warriors. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, Picture Steph Curry, game seven of the finals. Steph is playing great. 28 minutes in. He's been playing nonstop. But he's playing great. He's doing amazing. Like, can't nobody stop him. Y'all seen Steph play. Nobody can stop him anyway. But (laughs) there's 20 minutes left in the game. The coach tells Steph, hey, take a break for like seven minutes total. Like, I'm going to just take you out two minutes here, one minute there. And then it'll end up being like seven minutes. But you just need to take a break so that you can be rejuvenated so you can play at your best. Steph like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take a break. The game gets the game gets closer. The Heat takes the lead. And the Heat takes the lead, and next thing you know, Steph is like, ah, coach, I can't come out the game. Mm-mm. But as he continues to play, he gets sloppier and sloppier. He starts fouling. He starts throwing the ball out of bounds, missing passes, easy bounce passes, easy layups wondering, man, why is Steph so off? In the last three minutes of the game, Steph fouls out. He can't play. The game is tied. They end up losing the game because he made mistakes that he normally wouldn't make due to his fatigue. That's the same thing we do. Steph goes, he lashes out after the game. He flips the table, knocks over the ox over the bench knocks over all the water has to get escorted off the premises because he never rested because he never took the time to rest a lot of us do the same thing we come home we lash out at our spouses we lash out at our friends we lash out at our family we lash out at our co-workers because we haven't taken time out for ourselves and the Lord just to rest and hear what he has to say and you turn into a person that you didn't even know you didn't even know that person existed. Stop doing it. We need, we, we need to stop doing it our way. <laughs> Somebody once said, the national anthem in hell is, I did it my way. 
need to stop doing it our way. As I close, um, I just want y'all to really think and ask yourself this week, God, why am I not resting? But I'm not resting. And I can't tell you what that answer is, but for me, I will say it's because I'm not fully trusting. I'm not fully trusting that you can run this world without me. (laughs) So that's my prayer today. If you could, please bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up, Lord. Thank you for um, allowing your Holy Spirit to come here to show up. being the author of our lives, being a healer, being a redeemer. Um, God, I just ask that today we rest, Lord, that you speak to every heart, every mind in this um, in this gym right now, Lord. And I ask that you help us understand that we need to rest in you, Lord. We need to let go of the things that we have, that we're carrying on our backs and just allow you to work, allow you to take over. Lord, I pray that we stop sitting in the driver's seat for just one day, just one day. Sit in the passenger seat and let you drive the car. God, I just ask that if there's anybody in here who has some burdens that they didn't even that they haven't talked about all week and they've been masking it with with workouts, with alcohol, with sex, with drugs, whatever the case may be, with with video games, with with music. Whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that they stop, they take a Sabbath, and they address it, and they let you deal with their heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. I pray that we trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. In Jesus' name I pray.